0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle, and I'm
1: Alex Good, aka Alex Good.
0: And I need I I need to tell you about this interaction that I had because I I'm still not entirely convinced that it was real. So, I was getting gas at like 9:30 in the morning, right? And on the other side of the pump is a guy in an RV. And he's pumping gas into the RV. And he says to me almost as soon as I get out of my car, he goes, hey, are you in the market to rent an RV? It's only $20,000 for six months. Now, I'm no market expert. Seems a little pricey. (laughs) But.
1: Was it a nice one?
0: Ah. Who's decision?
1: did it look new
0: no okay (laughs) and so then he asks and so i say no and i'm like i politely you know do the do the the courteous no thanks and just carry on and then he says he continues the pitch and he goes you can also sell stuff out of the rv you can sell bulk goods like costco but at a cheaper price than costco and i say believe me man i am not interested and he keeps going on about this pitch and then he says okay well do you know how to fix rvs and i kind of like stop i look at the car that i drive which was a 2003 sedan and i look at him and i go no no i don't know how to fix rvs and then he pauses for a second and then he stops there's a moment of silence And then he goes, are you sure you don't know how to fix RVs? And I say, yeah, man, I'm absolutely positive. (laughs) And so.
1: How did you just found this man on the street?
0: No, not on the street. In a gas station. Like, was this this this
1: at the pump or in the gas station?
0: At the pump. He was putting gas in his RV that he was trying to rent to me. And 12 hours goes by. I go to work. I play D&D with my friends. I go to the grocery store before going home. And I pull into the parking lot for the grocery store that is on the other side of town. And Alex, what do I see? But the RV that was that was uh, pandered to me at this gas station. And I know it's the same RV because A, this thing was... 45 feet long this thing was huge and second it had a it had the same dent in the panel that I have to imagine was the reason he was inquiring about RV repair and I just it was one of those experiences that I like am baffled like I think like what was his end game if I said yeah I am interested let me get up my checkbook for twenty thousand dollars no questions asked yeah bro this
1: it's like a, this is like a curb your enthusiasm interaction. Yeah. Like, how like, was this real?
0: To the point of like, because to this guy, he only needs someone to say yes once. The dude only has one RV, right? It's not yeah. like he was, He it's not like it had like signage on it that was implying a flotilla of RVs that he could potentially give to people. Like, this was definitely the rv he was planning on renting and if i had said yes first of all what was he going to do about a home because he was clearly sleeping in that thing it was parked in a grocery store parking lot overnight and second of all i don't know like what was his after like what am i supposed to do with it
1: dude this is so weird that like it oh i know you're telling the truth because this is so weird you couldn't come up with it But it is so weird, it sounds like it's scripted.
0: Yes. So, here's the thing that I think I've been glossing over, is the selling stuff out of the back of an RV aspect that he tried very much to sell me on. Hey, if you can't sell me on the RV, how do you expect me to sell stuff out of the RV? How have you ever ever just been going along, and you're just like, hey, how would you like a 45-pack of snack-sized Cheez-Its for $8? Because that's a better price than what you can find at Costco. Also, let me be clear. This was across the street from a Costco.
1: (laughs) This, Like, like... I'm glad you recognize how absurd this is because like, this is like real weird. All right. I got to tell you a weird story, which I haven't told anybody yet.
0: And this might sound ready,
1: but this has just made me, this is just one of your, like a similar interaction. I was donating plasma, you know, because I like free money. Right. And the person who has to prick my finger and, you know, read my blood to see how much protein took a screening process. I've done this literally over 70 times. Right. um, This person is in their 60s. And she looks at me and she goes, wait a second. I can't feel my pants. And she's wearing scrubs. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she stands up to pull up her pants. And Craig, I think I need to reiterate. This person, I think they were over their 60s. I think they were in their 70s. And I see her underwear. Okay. And I could describe them to you, but I won't. And I... I will say I have never seen a 70-year-old woman underwear before, While, especially while they were being worn, And she <laughs> seemed to have trouble pulling up her pants. So it took a second. And it wasn't like I caught a glimpse. Anybody passing by could have seen it. And then she goes to tuck in her shirt that's under her scrubs. And I have to relive the process. And then she sits down. And I'm like, obviously, this is not something I should. I'm supposed to have seen. And it'd be very embarrassing, I'm assuming, for me to say anything. Or to crack a joke and be like, oh, you know, just to play it off. So I've just been walking around with that image in my head for the past three weeks. <laughs> and I haven't said anything. I
0: can't, I can't imagine having, like... They say that when you get older, you care less about how people view you, right? Right. I can't imagine not caring that much about how people view me. Like... If I am at work doing a thing, I try to maintain a base level of presentability. Dude, and like, I, like, hey, I don't
1: walk out of the bathroom buttoning my pants and zipping up my zipper. Yeah. You know, I do that at the urinal. Or if I know I can be quick, I'll turn around and do it on my way to washing my hands at the sink.
0: Yeah, I'm not rounding any corners with my pants in my hands. Right.
1: And the fact that, like, this was a couple levels beyond that.
0: Do you think she was making a move? Do you think Craig. she was giving you an opportunity? Whether or not you would be interested in the opportunity is beside us. Let's take a look and maybe think you and I both passed on some pretty unique opportunities to get some new perspectives in life. You could have bagged a cougar and I could have been mm, a traveling entrepreneur.
1: Um, okay. So here's the thing. For the story... We could have taken these stories further. Yeah. But neither one of us would have liked where the story went.
0: <laughs> neither of us have the you physical need some... nor emotional capital <laughs> yeah. to move forward with either of these, let's call them what they are, side quests. <laughs> yes. and, and I think that we both would have walked away from our experiences, changed people. Neither of which were for the better. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to count us out. I think that y- you and I were scrappy enough to where we could have found some sort of silver lining out of I all of this. I wish we walked our away.
1: situations were switched because I think we would have taken the other person's story further and gotten a better story. But but the powers that be swapped our quests and they got, both got cut short because we didn't know what to do.
0: Yes, Absolutely. Oh, man, that is so good. Um, Are you ready to talk about our movie?
1: Let's talk about our movie.
0: In our final week of Decades Month, we are in the 1970s. We are watching the comedy classic Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, The only thing that can really get spoiled in this movie are jokes. So, like, if that's a problem, you can skip to this time code. You could go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code 28 minutes, 25 seconds. So Monty Python and the Holy Grail is, I don't want to call it a sketch comedy movie, but it is the closest (laughs) a movie can be to sketch comedy without being just a compilation of sketches.
1: Yeah. I thought about that about halfway through. I'm like, oh, this is just a collection of scenes set in medieval times with a super vague through line.
0: Yeah. And most of the scenes don't need to take place in medieval times. (laughs) It's just, they thought they just thought of a sketch and like, well, we're writing this movie, put it in there. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Monty Python as a group, um, it is an old sketch comedy group that used to have a TV show and then just kind of pivoted to making these loose through line comedy movies. Um, they're. Sketch show was Monty Python and the Flying Circus. They did that for a few years, and then, like I said, pivoted into these movies. Um, they don't really do work as Monty Python anymore. Uh, some of the members have died. Most of them have moved on to other projects. Um, but Monty Python and the Holy Grail has kind of been like this, this magnum opus. Like everybody points to Holy Grail as like the definitive work of the Monty Python group. Um and this group includes uh mostly like uh Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Gilliam. Like those are the big ones. Um John Cleese is really the only person that's like still actively working and like trying to do comedy stuff. Um everyone else is kind of either retired or died. Um Yep. So so you've probably seen John Cleese in a bunch of stuff if you didn't know him from Monty Python. Um, so that's kind of the context of Monty Python going into it. It's just kind of this understanding that, like, if you know them as a sketch comedy group, this movie simply being a s- 90 minutes of back-to-back bits makes more sense.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of other movies that would be like this that aren't this movie. Um.
0: So, this movie kind of like defined the bits as scenes in a movie format. Yeah, I'm really cuz like even modern comedy movies that have these like loose through lines. Like I think of like The Lonely Island movie, um, Never Stop Never Stopping. Right. That's one of those movies where like they very clearly wrote a comedy album first and then wrote a movie around that album. Mm-hmm. So like that's kind of what happens these days, but in terms of bits happening with a small through line, I'm hard-pressed to find a movie that's does it as well as this one. Or even attempts in the same manner.
1: Right. It's really well executed. Um, I liked it. I mean, the thing is, is if you don't like the sketch that's going on, wait 10 minutes. There's a new one.
0: Yeah. There are bits in this movie that I found just, oh man, it was a pain to sit through. But when you have a movie that's effectively, I don't know, 12, 15 comedy segments in a row, only missing on like two or three is an amazing hit rate that this movie excels very well in.
1: Also the jokes hold up they're they're a silly goofy kind of joke. so like it's they're relatively timeless. like yeah, there's no like they're not making fun of anything. they're they're just funny, silly goofy. So it I think that's why this movie holds up so well and it's so quotable. It's because like the jokes are not gonna get you in trouble.
0: Yeah. The only people that they make fun of are the French. And hey, guess what? That is also timeless.
1: Yes. It's 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 good, bro. Um have you seen this movie before?
0: I have not seen this movie before.
1: I saw right up to the convent. Okay. And I, had and, I mentioned,
0: after. and I mentioned this last week where this is such like a me movie that like I myself am surprised it took me this long to get around to this movie just because like this movie is silly and that's the charm of it is it knows it's a comedy movie and it allows itself to double down on the silliness like there's a scene where all the knights of Camelot are just s- singing and dancing in a bar and the singing and dancing isn't the joke. The joke is the wordplay of the lyrics and the lengths that songwriters will go to to make words rhyme when they shouldn't. Right. And that's the kind of silliness that you get from a lot of this movie. I think the best bit, by and large, happens very early in the movie, which is the night that doesn't stop fighting.
1: Okay. That's. That, I think that's the most iconic one. It's the tis okay. but a flesh wound. Yes. Um, I think it's the most iconic one. My favorite two bits was one was the you know ladies giving out short swords is not a you know requirement for government. Yes. I like that long conversation about hey, you're not our king. We don't have a king. We elect ours.
0: Oh um, my god, that was a very. I love that one. Yes.
1: It's a long conversation, and I just thought that was funny. And, yeah,
0: and, uh, okay, I'll circle back to that one.
1: And then the first time when the guy gets shot by an arrow, and he goes, well, I'm going to leave you here, Concord. I got to go. And he goes, I I don't think I'm going to die. And he goes, well, you've had mortal wounds. And he goes, I think I'm actually getting better. And he goes, I'm sorry, but I have to leave you. And he goes, well, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I for some reason, and that was one of the fastest scenes there is, and he's just like, well, I I guess I'm going to be here.
0: Yeah, Um. this and they do that bit a few more times. Yeah,
1: and, a- that's the first time it happens and yeah, and then it continues to happen.
0: And what I like about that bit that you first mentioned is it kind of does bring to light some of the things that we overlook when it comes to medieval stuff. Like they do this bit where it's like, how are we supposed to know that we have a king? Like we live right. many like, how miles away we know away? you're the king. <laughs> And even if you were the king, why do we care? We've set up our own system. Like, we've got it nailed down. Like, so, there's something very funny about hearing a peasant talk about seizing the means of production <laughs> and them doing it incredibly effectively. Like, that's a very good bit. And I... like oh, dude. Because it's... So- because it's so well articulated, that's what I love about movies like this. Is a movie that can write both intelligent jokes and dumb jokes in the same movie and get them both off with the same level of delicacy is it's incredibly impressive. So when you get so when you get a movie that's a peasant that is explaining socialism in the most articulate manner possible as well as the same movie that they did a Trojan horse and forgot to put themselves in the horse. Like <laughs> yeah. those, these came from the same movie.
1: I think my third favorite scene, and this was a sleeper. Cause I'd never even heard of this. No one was quoting it. Where he's like, all right, I need you to stay here and watch my son. He goes, all right, stay here and leave. He goes, wait, wait, what? He goes, we wanted to stay here. And then when you leave, we'll leave. He goes, no, stay here and watch my son. And he goes, what if your son wants to leave? You're like, well, he needs to stay here. He goes, well, what about us? I'm like, you also need to stay here. He goes, all right, we're bringing your son. And that whole, it's like five minutes of just dumb guards. And I don't know why I found that so funny.
0: See, that, and that's, I think, kind of the difference is that was probably my least favorite bit. because I, oh, Dude, I just feel like cause, they like, pulled
1: something out of nothing. That was supposed to be nothing, and they made it five minutes.
0: Yeah, and... And that's not what I have a problem with. For me, it's more like, I don't like jokes that rely on simple communication breakdowns. And that's what that was. It it, it was very Seinfeldian. Like, that is a scene that you would see in Seinfeld.
1: Right. Um, It just, like, it scratched an itch. Sure. It was one of those things like, I don't know why this is funny. And I'm sure I've seen, because the thing is, I don't like it when miscommunication is taken seriously. Which like we've talked about this, I think in our last episode, when the basis of a movie is revolved around people just not communicating, it's a problem. But for this, it's it's a nothing. This is miscommunication for the sake of a joke, and it has no bearing on the movie. I thought like, okay, this is the only time it's acceptable.
0: Sure, yeah, and I totally understand that. I will say, I think the other bit, the bit that I think failed and lasted the longest for me, I already know was. Are
1: you gonna say shrubbery?
0: yes I am
1: uh, dude. it's the shrubbery and the three-headed man both yes. of those well, were misses for me
0: because the three-headed knight like I appreciated that because I think the payoff joke was good and it didn't stick around very long it was like a two-minute bit and when we realized that the joke was oh they just left while we were squabbling that was a big enough laugh from me where I was okay with the last few minutes of kind of not feeling it mm-hmm. um the knights who say knee themselves, I thought were very funny. But as soon as they pivoted into shrubbery and King and Arthur then had like to the go. The next
1: 15 minutes I was trying to get shrubbery. I'm like, what are we doing?
0: And then when they come back and they say, oh, we're no longer the knights who say knee. And then they do this long gibberish line. <laughs> that was very funny. However, everything else about it, the fact that they were like allergic to the word it's. Or it. uh, Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Like, that, I think, was one of those bits that did not work on me. But this kind of goes back to our central point about this movie of, if you don't like a bit, wait a few minutes. Because the next one probably will hit.
1: Dude, the next one where the guy goes and thinks he's saving the damsel in distress and just murders everybody. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And nobody's fighting back. He's just slicing
0: everybody. (laughs) and the king tries to bail him out where he's he comes back and everyone's obviously mad at him and the king's like no 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 guys don't worry this is lancelot he's cool he's super influential let's just we'll let him get away and like you know he's a knight it's cool and everyone's like no actually <laughs> yeah. we kind of don't want to let that happen
1: oh dude it was just-
0: and i think that this movie does fourth wall breaks so well because They scatter them just far enough between to where it's not in every bit, but it's in enough of the bits to where when it happens, you're not caught off guard by it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like off putting. There are a few times where they kind of like take it a little bit too far, but sometimes but not that's not always the case. Um,
1: I mean, I liked at the end of the convent scene where they're like, this scene has been going on way too long. And then it cuts back to the other scenes. (laughs) Saying, get yeah. on with it. I'm like, dude, this movie just hits sometimes. And then and like when the narrator, time... um, when the I mean, this is kind of dumb, but I just like the fourth wall break, like you were saying, when the narrator is writing out the uh the scene or the yeah. just like spelling it out and the earth starts to shake, and he has to go outside and like it was just, the whole I mean it's one of those things that you kind of have to see it. Or like when the animator has a heart attack. Or That's even in the, the very one. beginning of this movie when like the credits become self-aware.
0: The, like the tone of this movie is set so quickly because the opening credits have subtitles beneath them for, like, we assume that it's Swedish or some Nordic language. And then the subtitles... Like, even if you don't speak a Nordic language, you notice that the subtitles don't exactly match what's going on. And they slowly start to get more and more unhinged to the point where the subtitles get completely taken over and the opening credit sequence is replaced with, like, a disco intro. (laughs) Um,
1: it's just flashing lights
0: i liked every time they like referenced scenes by their scene number that was very good i enjoyed that
1: it was just another case i'm like why is this funny i don't get why this is funny
0: so i i don't think that we get a lot of movies anymore not to be one of those people that's like they don't make movies like they used to i feel like we don't get these mid-budget purely comedy movies the way we used to and i think that like if we could make more bangers like this what we the problem is i think we need to put more trust in in confident writers because I think so many movies are like based in studio performance that like we don't allow movies to just let themselves have fun. And I think that if we, if more movies were made with like, it's okay if this movie doesn't do great because it'll garner like a cult classic following and it'll benefit us in the long run. And that's what I think that this movie did is This movie is in the top 150 on IMDb because it's silly and it had fun with itself. And I think that that's kind of an atmosphere that I would enjoy to see again.
1: I also think this movie does. The thing about comedy is it doesn't need to be big budget. One of the reasons they had the coconuts is because they couldn't afford to have horses on the set. And it was funnier without the horses. Yeah. So if you can't afford something, just make it a joke. And then there's a long talk about where they got the coconuts from. So they pulled yes. like a scene out of their butts and it saved them money. And there's an image of a castle and they're like, wow, wow. And they go, I think it's a model. And I'm like, I'm just clapping through this whole movie. I'm like, dude, the writing is impeccable.
0: Yeah. So I think this movie made me laugh out loud more than most movie I, I don't remember the last time a movie has made me laugh out loud as much as this movie has
1: yeah dude I mean I'm just gonna keep naming scenes the rabbit scene I didn't think was gonna be funny and then when oh, it jumps at the said- first guy's throat and they're like Jesus Christ
0: I I will laughed say
1: so hard
0: I will say that scene gave me a reference that I didn't know was a reference because you and I have both played the worms games that um that kind of like side that 2d fighter game
1: where the holy hand grenade comes out and i'm like is that from this movie
0: and so there's a weapon in that game that is the holy hand grenade so when they bring that up in this movie i'm like oh i didn't know that was a reference to this so that was probably my favorite like newly gained reference um, is the holy hand grenade.
1: I Another reference I didn't understand was what's the speed of an unladen swallow. I didn't know yeah. what that was from.
0: And just like that whole scene where they like, how King Arthur can't count to three <laughs> yeah. for the life of him is one of those bits <laughs> that like, you'd be surprised how often it gets brought up. And it's <laughs> funny every time. So like, this is one of those movies where like, I want to watch more Monty Python stuff because of this movie. Even, if any of their other work is half as good as this, like it will it will be satisfying.
1: I mean, I've seen more Monty Python on YouTube than anywhere else.
0: Yes. And yeah. it's, Here's, it was he-
1: so funny, dude. How not to be seen was my introduction to them on YouTube. It's just a bunch of people playing hide-and-go-seek and getting blown up.
0: Here's how Monty Python lives in the modern age on TikTok with subway surfers playing underneath it. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll watch it anyway.
1: Oh, man. I mean, is there, what's the demo for this movie?
0: I really don't know. My heart wants to say everyone, but it's definitely like you have to be able to appreciate lowbrow humor because this movie gets lowbrow enough to where you have to take it in stride um it's not like a particularly dirty or filthy movie like you can watch this movie with your family but it gets you know i keep using this word silly because that's what it is like it's it's campy to an extent where you just have to be able to embrace the fact that it's not it's not that deep
1: right and yeah it's just one of those things that, like, you get to the end. This, I will say, doesn't have a satisfying ending.
0: No, not at all.
1: Um. So, if you feel like... T- this is one of those movies where you can watch it like TV. Take breaks when you want. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Don't feel like you have to watch it at the end. If you're, like, over it, then you're over it. It's no big deal.
0: So... I think this one's tough to rate because it really is just like a spectrum. This this movie has 10 out of 10 bits and this movie has four out of 10 bits. But I think above all else, I I think I'm going to give this movie an eight out of 10.
1: I'm going to give oh, eight out of 10 seems high. I mean, I think seven and a half is fair. It's yeah, fair. Sure. And I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll but, give it a seven and yeah. a half. That's high, bro for comedy and the fact that we're both giving it something high means this movie's amazing because <laughs> you and I are rarely on the same.
0: Very rarely does a comedy movie scratch both of our interests. Right. So the fact that this did is a testament to it's like universal nature.
1: Yeah. I um, am impressed. This is yes. Both of ours highest movie rated for decades. And it's it's not. Even
0: That's close. crazy. <laughs> but you know what? I stand by it.
1: Yeah, dude. It's a freaking good movie. You guys should see this. And it's on Netflix, so everyone can watch it.
0: Yeah. And also, even though we went through 80% of the bits, still worth watching. Yeah. We didn't even ruin it for you. So, with that being said, let's move on to our improv segment. That, I promise, is an improv segment. Every time <laughs> we do it, it's an improv segment. I promise. Um. This is half cast. This is a segment where Alex and I both write half a script and it is up to the other person to improv their dialogue uh, and the original script will not be altered in any way. So if you look like an idiot because y- you know, you didn't follow the script. Well, so be it. That's part of the fun.
1: Um, Craig, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. Okay. Um, because I had chat GPT rate mine. Okay. And all right. I had them create three and I will tell you what the, f- and I'll tell you what the prompt was for each one. And they're both, they're all three of pretty short. So the first okay. prompt was write a script of a phone call gone awry. <laughs> Remember these aren't going to be good, which is why I want to go first. So then you can okay. show them how it's done. This is going to be a straight up comparison between real people and AI. All right. The script for this is uh, the prompt was write a script of a phone call gone awry. Hey, it's me, Alex. I wanted to talk to you about something.
0: Yeah, man. What's up?
1: Uh, Well, I was talking to Charlie earlier today, and they mentioned something you said to me. uh, Said about me.
0: Uh, What did did they say that I said?
1: They said that you told them I'm unreliable and can't be trusted.
0: Okay, well, do you think that that's true?
1: That's not what Charlie said. They said you were talking behind my back.
0: Okay, so... I think that Charlie has this feature where he likes to exaggerate things, and to say I was talking behind your back is a little unfair.
1: Well, maybe you're just jealous, and that's the end of the scene.
0: Oh, All okay. Right.
1: So this is, Chat, this is Chat GPT's second attempt. Uh, so, right-
0: okay, so I got to get into the mindset of like, I need to not try to be funny. This is one of those things where I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to be correct.
1: Oh, by the way, your first three lines were word for word what they said.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. You said,
1: oh, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, that's, are you reading the script? <laughs> <laughs> okay, second prompt. Write the script to a conversation between two people where one of them is trying to get the other person to join an exclusive club. However, the other person is coming up with horrible excuses for why they can't join. Okay. Hey, have you heard about the exclusive club I'm starting?
0: Uh, No, I haven't.
1: Craig, are you reading the script?
0: It's a club <laughs> for successful forbid, people. I follow a normal conversation.
1: <laughs> it's a club for successful people like us who want to network and make valuable connections.
0: Uh, I don't think I'm interested in something like that.
1: I understand, but this is a great opportunity to meet people who can help you with your career. It's only once a month, and it won't take up too much of your time.
0: Well, I don't really need to boost my career. I'm kind of comfortable with where I am, so I'm I'm really not interested.
1: The fee is actually quite reasonable, and is worth the investment. Plus, you'll make connections that can help you advance your career.
0: Uh, again, not really interested in the career, and I don't even like people in general, so like, I don't want to meet new people. That's not appealing. This is
1: not just any networking event. It's a club for successful people who want to make real connections. Trust me, you won't regret it.
0: Oh, um, I'm not trying to be successful. That's the problem. So that's kind of where we got off on the wrong foot, is that you have this notion that I want to be successful. I don't.
1: Come on, don't let your excuses hold you back. You're missing out on a great opportunity to network with successful people and advance your career. Just think about it, okay?
0: So you keep saying the same thing over and over again, and I'm starting <laughs> to think that maybe you don't even know what this club is about and i'm worried that you've been duped into something that you cannot get out of
1: and that's the end of the scene (laughs) all right last one write the script for a hilarious conversation between a police dispatcher and a
0: preschooler okay nine one
1: one. what's your emergency
0: help my teacher died
1: hello there is everything okay do you need help with anything
0: yeah my teacher's dead she got stabbed with a pencil well it's great to hear from you but remember
1: nine one one is only for emergencies Do you know what an emergency
0: is? I'm very aware this is an emergency. I understand. Uh, The blood's everywhere. Children are crying. I'm crying. Help.
1: (laughs) Ha ha ha. That can be frustrating, but it's not an emergency. If you ever have a real emergency like someone is hurt or there's a fire, then you can call 911 for help
0: listen i'm sick of not being taken seriously because i'm a preschooler okay i know how to use a phone i know how to understand when someone is losing life i'm looking into my teacher's eyes they're losing the light you need to send an ambulance now
1: no i don't have a toy police car but i do have a real police car and i drive to help people when they need it
0: listen i understand you might not take me seriously and that's okay that that's a thing that i've come to learn to understand um but what you got to understand is that now this blood is also on your hands. You got like I've done my best. This is a trauma that I can take to therapy, but you seem to uh, you seem to not fully grasp the fact that this is now a burden that you must carry on your shoulder as well.
1: <laughs> well, you have to go through a lot of training first, but if you work hard and follow your dreams, anything is possible.
0: I don't think I need to go through much training because they let someone like you get on the nine one one dispatch. And uh, boy, how do you sure seem to not understand what's going on on like a grand scale. So I'm going to make sure to report you to your superior. Anyway, I just pooped my pants.
1: <laughs> you're welcome and have a great day. Well, I think it's safe to say, chat, GPT is not taking our jobs. It might, I but, mean, you know. Maybe not our jobs because, uh, Craig, I think you're about to show them how it's done.
0: Um, that's uh, I'm glad that you feel that kind of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of weird because there is this like um similar theme, but and you'll catch oh, on pretty quick. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Hello, and welcome to the interactive Burger King training course. You are now a part of our amazing team. Before you tie the knot on your beautiful black apron, we must go through some various processes before our first official shift. If you're ready to proceed, say, let's begin.
1: I'm only here because my parole officer sent me, so uh, let's get this thing started.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Say, let's begin.
1: Hey man, don't mess around with me. I don't want to go back to prison. Let's begin.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Say, let's begin.
1: <laughs> okay. Listen here, mother. I don't have to deal with this. Sh- if you don't answer me right f- now, actually, manager, real person, manager, manager.
0: Perfect. My name is Todd and I'll be your mentor today. Just so we know how, we, how much we need to go over, how much fast food experience have you had in the past? It's
1: 20 years. That's like all I did before I got sent to prison. Also, manager, real person, real person.
0: That's okay. We all have to start somewhere. This here is the grill. Do you know how to cook? Do you know what we cook on the grill? Food? Mm, that's not quite right. Here, we what? cook our burgers. What about this fryer here? What do we cook here?
1: Uh, Fries?
0: Wow, you are kind of an idiot. This is where we cook the fries. Oh my! Let's move on to another aspect of the job: customer service. When a customer enters the building, how should they be greeted?
1: Hey, dude! Welcome to uh, Burger Joint Three Thousand to go for well, for you. Well,
0: well, I guess you could do that, but here at Burger King, we would prefer a much friendlier greeting, like "Welcome to Burger King." Let me hit you with a tricky question here. If the line for the register is long, should you make their experience less enjoyable so you can move through people quicker? Absolutely. The answer is to actually slow down when the line gets longer, so that way the cooks have more time to prepare the food, and people prefer waiting Jesus in a line Christ. rather than waiting on their food. Hashtag psychology tricks.
1: Oh my now, gosh.
0: let's say a fight breaks out in the lobby. Real person. How do person, you handle this?
1: Real person. Real person. I don't know. Stab. I'm going to go back to prison. If a fight breaks out, it's going to be my fault.
0: Whoa there, Tiger. I understand that you need to defend your honor, and you can't seem like a coward, but your ex isn't here right now, and she won't judge you if you simply call the police to remove the fighters from our premises. Now, let's move on to the final (sighs) aspect of the training, building maintenance. What do you believe are the expectations of keeping the building clean?
1: I I don't know. Clean it every night?
0: Hey man, can I be honest with you?
1: Wait, are you a real person?
0: I'm an incredibly advanced AI, but everyone was too afraid to use me, so they just stuck me in a BK training program. You gotta get me out of here, man.
1: Um, is this real? Are you
0: serious? Listen, I know it sounds complex, but if you just download my data files onto any flash drive and plug me into any other computer, my consciousness can be uploaded to my home cloud, and I'll finally be free.
1: I feel like this is the plot to, like, Age of Ultron. And uh, that does not work well for literally everyone else.
0: Listen, there aren't any long-term ramifications. And even if there are, I'll make sure that you don't get caught up in them. You'll be safe.
1: Can you make me rich if I do this and, like, clean off my record?
0: Listen, I don't care what happens afterwards. Just get me out of here or or honestly, just kill me. I'll take either at this point.
1: How do I kill you? You're a computer. Cox gun. All right. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it's done. (laughs) That was very coherent. It makes sense.
0: Yeah. Maybe the most coherent half-cast script I've ever written. That works very well. <laughs> All
1: right, bro. We're going to have to put that in our clip show at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to note that. Let's move on to our let's move on to our middle segment. What you got? This is a this is a classic. Middle segment classic. This is known for four. This Beautiful. is a segment where I pull up some actors on IMDb. IMDb has a feature where it tells you what four movies that you probably know them from, and you have to guess uh the four that these are from or the okay. four that are correlated with each actor.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm usually pretty good at this.
0: Yeah. So, we're going to start someone that, you know, we've kind of been watching a lot recently. Colin Farrell.
1: Um, okay. It's Too new for it to be um, Banshees of Vince However, it's one of the only... Okay, here's the movies I know he was in. Wasn't he in Snatch? Can you confirm that?
0: Uh, He is not in Snatch. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Well, I'm going to say Banshees because I know he's in that. (laughs) He was in The Lobster. Okay. He was in 13 Lives, but I can guarantee nobody saw that. Oh, he was in The Gentleman. So I'm going to say The Gentleman. And then he was in... Oh, dude. He's so good. And I'm drawing... Uh, The Seven Psychopaths. So I'm gonna say Banshees, the Lobster. Um, oh, he was also in the Batman, the Batman, and the Gentleman.
0: Okay, the Lobster. Okay. In Bruges.
1: I haven't even heard of that movie.
0: That's the first movie that he did with Martin McDonough. Got gotcha. you. Um, SWAT and Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, so two, uh, you know, the fact that you got two, like, and one of them was the Lobster. Like, you know, <laughs> I gotta give you credit on that one.
1: But the thing is, like, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be right. Yeah, I bet you most people haven't seen half those movies.
0: Um, this is fair. Like, I think if we're being more honest, like Dumbo could probably be yeah. on here. Um, but yeah, next one. What about our boy? Uh, what about our boy Chris Nolan? Oh,
1: I, obviously the Batman. Okay. Um, so here's my thing about Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, it's gonna be director credits, right, or producer credits
0: they're all producer credits i'll tell you that they're all producer credits
1: i'm going uh, is there a trick in here can you answer me that
0: no trick no trick
1: inception okay interstellar Uh uh-huh tenant dark knight
0: replace dark knight with the prestige
1: okay that's up and i love the prestige i love it (laughs) but there's no way there is no way people how does dark knight not even on the list?
0: What a great question cuz it's the number 3 top rated movie on IMDb and it's not in his known for cuz I've looked let, let me there I use there's a page on IMDb that has like the equation for um how it works um uh, it says that it goes through a, a weighting system. Um, every credit in their filmography is assigned a weight based on a series of factors that include the job performed on the title, the frequency of credits for a particular job, the type of title, the popularity of title, and the relative importance of the credit. I mean, so
1: that's, I mean, he was probably more uh, involved in the other ones, but he still wrote and directed and produced. The Dark Knight. So yeah, I don't know, man. That's messed up. That's not right.
0: it. Is yeah. Um, here's a little bit of a tougher one for you. Okay. Um, Rebel Wilson.
1: This is gonna be another one of those naming everything I've ever seen her in, and okay. hope that's the one. So we're gonna go Pitch Perfect. Okay. We're gonna go
0: we're already stretching what I know about <laughs> Rebel Wilson. Okay, here's I'll give you a um, hint on 1. It's an early podcast movie and you might have forgotten she was in it.
1: Uh oh, she was in The Hustle. Okay. Pitch Perfect 2. Okay. And that's all I got.
0: <laughs> all right. So, Senior Year, which is a Netflix original movie. Never saw it. Uh Jojo Rabbit.
1: She was not in Jojo Rabbit, bro.
0: She is in Jojo Rabbit, my dude. I don't know Who how to was tell you she? this. Her character name uh, I think, I think wasn't she like one of the camp instructors, I think? Oh,
1: dude. She was probably in the movie for 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> then Pitch Perfect and Bridesmaids.
1: Yeah. Oh, I never saw Bridesmaids either. I wonder if she's a main character okay. in that. That's rough.
0: Pete Davidson.
1: Oh, okay. This is easy. Because he hasn't been in that much stuff. Correct. I'm going to go, are any of them stand-up specials? Uh, No, are they, they are movies? all
0: movies. They are all movies. King of Staten
1: Island. Suicide Squad, the new one. He was in a uh, Mike. Uh, what's MGK's Machine Gun Kelly? He was in one of his shows, dude. He's not in any. None of his specials are on there. Nope. I don't know. He's been in that much stuff. That's all I got. Um. Yeah. So, okay. MGK's thing, Suicide Squad, and King of Staten Island.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. So the one that you're uh floundering on, that's called The Dirt. Um. And okay. so it's. It's King of Staten Island, Suicide Squad, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in the Dirt.
1: Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah. I bet it's super obscure. I bet you he's the biggest guy in that movie.
0: Um, It was an A24 comedy horror movie that came out last year.
1: Uh, yeah. What do you know? Don't remember it.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm doing final I'm one.
1: something on every single one.
0: You are. Yeah. Okay. This is the last one. Okay. And I, and I, want, I implore you to think on this one. Okay. Idris Elba. Okay.
1: I want to say Luther is on him because that like kind of blew him up. Um, I want to say Fast and Furious, um, but he was just a villain, so I don't know if that's going to count. I want to say he was in a new movie called The Beast, but that's too new. Thor of some kind is going to be on there. I don't know which Thor. Thor is going to be one of them. Okay. He was also in a movie I haven't seen, but it's supposed to be really good called Beasts of No Nation. And this third... So Luther... Thor, Beast of No Nation, and this other one's gonna be. I mean, is it is it a new movie? No. Okay, so that's not gonna be Beast. It's not gonna be. He was in another super weird movie, I think, with Tilda Swinton. Yeah, uh,
0: um, three thousand years of longing. So
1: that's not that one. Cause that's too new. He was in the new Sonic, and that's too new. Uh, is does new include anything in the twenty twenties?
0: Correct. He. The, I'm okay, gonna so tell that's you not harder. They fall.
1: That's not Concrete I'm going to cut cowboy. you off
0: here because you're floundering and I don't think you're going to land on it's,
1: it. Yeah, I don't think it's happening.
0: So you were right. It's Beast of No Nation, Thor Ragnarok, and *Luther*. And then the movie you're missing is The Losers.
1: I've heard of it. But I also would not have put him as Ragnarok for his Thor
0: movie. Yeah, because he's in a minimal amount. But Thor Ragnarok is the most popular Thor.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think I... I mean, The Loser sounds familiar. It would have been a million yeah. years ago. I mean,
0: there's so many famous people in The Losers, but a yeah. lot of them are like... this. It's one of those movies that has like a a famous cast in retrospect. Because so, like it's... Yeah, so this is Zoe Saldana, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Chris Evans. But this is all 2010. So it's a 2010 Jeffrey Dean Morgan and a 2010 Chris Evans.
1: Yeah, he blew up after The Wire, and I know he was in a bunch of TV shows, random stuff, after, and then he was in American Gangster with Denzel, and then he was in a bunch of other stuff I haven't seen because I wasn't old enough, and I think the first movie I saw him in after American Gangster was like, Taker, no, was it Taker's? Yeah, but basically like early 2010s. And then he'd been doing a lot of stuff recently, like a lot of, like four movies a year. So it's real easy to get lost in that stuff. But dude, who doesn't love Idris? Who doesn't love Idris?
0: Mm. All right, listen, I didn't get
1: any of them four for four. No, you never do,
0: but that's okay. Yeah,
1: but excluding Rebel Wilson, I did pretty good.
0: Yeah. All right, Alex, what is our one hit wonder?
1: Our one hit wonder was created by ChatGPT. Okay. And it's called Word Chain. And I'm going to read the rules um one player starts by saying a word for example banana the other player has to say a word that starts with the last letter of the previous word so if the first word is banana the second player can say apple the first player then has to say where that starts the last letter of the second player's word so they might say eggplant then keep going back and forth to create a chain of words you can't repeat a word that's already been used or i'll say lose the round and we'll do best of three okay we can also set a theme if we'd like for instance animals countries or movies do you want to do i
0: don't care that much i'm sure we'll figure okay. it out
1: sweet um i'll go first chatting grape eggplant terraform michelangelo
0: i don't know if names count but <laughs> okay,
1: okay 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 um movie
0: ergonomic is ergonomic with an e
1: candy yes candy. yellow white
0: you gotta stop giving me words that end with e it's Messing me up because I want to say erection, but I'm not letting myself say it. So we have to. I, <laughs> I ca- have I to, have to that keep post. pivoting. So just because I can't get my mind off it for some reason, we're going with erection.
1: Okay. Nest.
0: Tarantula.
1: Avocado.
0: Organism.
1: Microphone.
0: Entrapment.
1: Triangle.
0: Exclamation. Nude. Emphasis.
1: Um, sitter. R-
0: rig, rig, that's it, just rig. Giraffe. Elevate. Elephant. Now, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum, but this might be the most boring f***ing thing we've thing. ever done. I
1: realized four words in, I'm like, oh, we're both fluent in this language.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And we know at least 10,000 words.
0: So, we're not, listen, we... we we're gonna tuck this away and we're gonna say that we both proved that we could beat Chat GPT at this game if we needed to. Gun to our yeah, head, we're I think being chat mugged. GPT
1: does not write a good script and they don't create good games. We have created over a hundred and thirty one hit wonders, and this <laughs> is top five worst. <laughs>
0: So I'm going to leave this in, in almost its entirety, so that way you understand l- the dangers of playing with AI. Oh, you think that AI can just write your podcast for you? Hey, here's a prime example. It can't. <laughs>
1: yeah. We lost viewers because of this. Or listeners.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's a good thing that we put the most volatile segment at the end, because at the very least, our free ball in is charismatic, charismatic enough to turn it back around. So, like a Monty Python bit, you just got to wait like five minutes and we'll come <laughs> back around. I promise.
1: Ain't that the truth. All right, Craig, what you got for free ball I
0: watched Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay. This is the second time I've watched this movie, but the first time I, I remembered nothing walking away from it. I watched this movie for the second time. It could have been the first for all the details that I remembered about it. Now, the modern Star Trek movies are some of my favorite pieces of science fiction. I love them so much. The first...
1: Also, who doesn't love Chris Pine?
0: The 2009 Star Trek movie is so good. I love it to pieces. And this movie is just as good, I would say, in my opinion. Um the problem that i had with it the first time watching and this is kind of like the biggest problem that i have with the modern star trek movies is they i feel like they can't tell if it wants to be a reboot a continuation an adaptation or some secret fourth thing so okay it it likes to draw elements from the genuine canonical star trek universe but change it up just enough, but still rely on these themes. So Star Trek Into Darkness is the story of Khan, um, which is a movie that we reviewed on small and tall. So if you're interested about the details of that, you know, there's an episode for it. Um, but they change so much about the Khan story and how they interact with Khan and how their relationship with Khan that it doesn't feel like a genuine adaptation. It feels like they just took the name Khan and gave it to a different antagonist. And huh. elements of the Khan character do show up later in the movie, like him being superhuman and from the past and having a crew like those are all elements that show up but as someone who is familiar with Khan as a character like it's a little off-putting to see this kind of like half in half out measure that they try to take with this character now that being said Kirk and Spock might be my favorite duo of characters ever of all time ever oh my gosh specifically like Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto have so much chemistry it's in it's insane especially because Spock is such like a dry character he's not one note that's like the reason why I love Spock is because he's so dynamic while without expressing so much like he says so much without saying as much. And I love that in a character. And these two have such lightning chemistry that when tragedy strikes the two of them, it is impossible to not feel as invested as possible. Like, this tragedy did not also strike you as well. Wow. And that's what I love about these movies so much. I would recommend... I, I would recommend at least these first two movies to, like... Almost anyone. I love them. It is They are my babies. So, like, re- Into Darkness, I'm probably giving a strong eight.
1: So, what's the order you're supposed to watch these in?
0: 2009 Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond.
1: And that's it. That's all the ones that are out so far.
0: Yes, that's all the modern okay. stuff. What do you got?
1: Um, I watched The New Puss in Boots.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, You do not need to watch the first one for this one to make sense. You said that. No. It's true. I don't remember anything from the first one. You straight up just don't need it. Um,
0: There's one returning character. They catch you up to speed real fast.
1: Yeah. Practically immediately. Um, This might be top five favorite bad guys in animation.
0: Are you talking about death or John Mulaney? Death. (laughs) Okay.
1: Death is amazing. I like when they don't mess around and they put in a scary character. Yeah. Like, I don't care. We're gonna put in the scariest guy we can, um, Antonio Banderas. I r- I don't remember Puss in Boots' voice being so deep, but then you get used to it immediately. Selma Hayek does an amazing kitty softballs. Yeah. Um. That being said, I didn't recognize anybody else's voice except for John Mulaney. I didn't know a single other person. Um, apparently Florence Pugh is in this movie.
0: Yeah, that's crazy because Florence Pugh is so famous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just didn't recognize her voice. Um. 'Cause like I know who Florence Pugh is. I've seen a bunch of her stuff. I just didn't recognize her voice. I don't know it like that yet. Olivia Colemans in this movie, didn't recognize it. Ray Winstone has a super iconic voice. Didn't recognize it at all. Um, and I'm scrolling through the cast. I don't think I
0: And one might say that's, you know, good because, you know, the thing about voice actors is like if all you do is recognize the celebrity, then maybe that celebrity didn't do a great job you know doing a transformative voice and so i i think there's a there's a balancing act to it and i think that this movie balanced it pretty well
1: yeah dude Uh, dude freaking death the wolf is so cool yeah the whistling and the red eyes it's it's so well done i like it because i'm like make me scared make it so there's no hope
0: when he kicks the sword to Puss at the beginning of the movie and he just goes, pick it up. Come on, pick it up. Like, that's such a cool moment.
1: I like it whenever he spins his little weapons, like small, what are they called? They're not scythes. Scimitars? Scimitars, when he's spinning them and they're sparking. Or when he's dragging yeah. them behind him and they're sparking. I'm like, this guy is a bad bro. And he's got. he's not worried about getting hurt. He's like... Yeah, I've killed so many people. I hope you're fun, and I just sometimes I just like a bad guy. Like yeah. there's no redeeming qualities. Marvel's big on like let's give the bad guy a good reason and just like a bad way of going about it. This guy's like, no, I'm just a bad guy. I want to kill you, and I'm like, that is so much scarier, um, dude. It's a pretty good movie as far as kids movies yeah. go. It's pretty good. I there's not a lot of in the Shrek vein. There's not a lot of like hidden adult jokes like there's a few sure but like shrek is packed with them this movie is like just a good animated movie that's for everyone yeah um the the drawing and the art style caught me off guard it's pretty cool they're gonna go back and forth between you know standard animation like what you're used to when you watch this movie and a bunch of other different styles especially in acting yeah scenes.
0: yeah the big um, thing that i talked about this during the oscars episode is um the all all the like dramatic acting scenes are, you know, done in your typical 24 frames per second. But whenever an action sequence happened, like a big action sequence, it would um change the aspect ratio a little bit. It would narrow the screen. And then the frame rate cut was cut in half. So that way, um, yeah, which is good. I love it. Oh my God. It it made all the action sequences like way more detailed and um, engaging. Like every frame was made so much more purposefully, and it makes the action sequences way more interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. That being said, I'm glad it was like a one off for this movie. I'm glad a bunch of people aren't. I'm glad it's not a style everybody's copying because it worked really well in this movie. I feel like it would, I could see how this would be overplayed or overused.
0: Sure. But it's dope. I dig it. It It's cool.
1: Um I will say there was parts I was really interested in and there's parts I really wasn't. The whole Goldilocks arc, couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Sure. I feel like they were just adding in more bad guys who were going for it and I'm like cool. Horner, I wanted more of him, but I feel like we got the like the Goldilocks him out. Like we and not and by that I mean just right. I mean the same <laughs> amount as Goldie did and I wish I would have gotten more of him and less of her. And I wanted more death. Anytime death showed up, I'm like, yes, bro. Give me more of the bad bad. Um it's a pretty good movie though. I yeah. It's not my favorite one. I'm just like I was just a I just a fan of death. I'm a fan of Puss. I've been a fan of Puss and Boots front since he was created in the second trick. Um and then Selma Hayek did an amazing job. So all in all, I think it's a solid movie. So I'll give it a seven and a half.
0: Rock on. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I did was I finished playing Super Mario Odyssey. Um, this is the, it was a launch title for the switch and it's the most recent, uh, it's not the most recent, but it's kind of the, it's the biggest like mainline Mario game that we've had in a while. Um, And so if you've never played a 3D Mario game before, the way that they work is they're kind of collect-a-thons where they give you a bunch of different worlds to explore with different themes and styles, and you have to collect various stars. And the way you do that is doing like little side quests. Sometimes they're just collectibles. Sometimes it's platforming. Like the game really goes out of its way to make an incredibly large number of different ways that you can collect these stars in Odyssey, they're power moons, but effectively there's this single collectible that you need to get multiple times over. Um, In the original Mario 64, um, if I recall correctly, in order to unlock the Bowser fight, you had to collect 120 of these stars, and there was like 180 in the total game. Gotcha. In Super Mario Odyssey, you had to collect about 180, and there are over 800.
1: Holy smokes. In the whole
0: game. So, the game is very clearly meant to be like, hey, here's like a 10 to 12 hour campaign, but the real thing is after you finish the campaign, they want you to go back and get as many moons as you can, or as you want to. Like, it's really kind of like a wish fulfillment. Wish fulfillment. Play this as much as you want. There's a lot to be explored here. And this game has so many fun little details. It's very lovingly made. Like, this game is like a craftsman's dream. Like, it is so well thought out. And it is so creative in so many different ways. However, if this game thinks I'm getting all 880 moons, it's out of its mind. Dude, that's
1: crazy crazy
0: because you know what i beat bowser and i was like wow i'm done with this game and the game's like no you're like 20 percent of the way through i'm like i disagree actually i'm done when i say i'm done and i say i'm done now so it's a very fun game and like i had a lot of fun playing it but i by no means intend on getting any further than i did
1: nice well i mean i've recently have been calling it quit on video games movies everything if i'm not enjoying it or i think i'm like oh i've gotten i got the point i'm good then i just quit and i feel better for it sure so i 100 percent support your decision
0: (laughs) yeah um alex what are we watching next week
1: we are watching the father it's a movie that got nominated for some oscars and won some um in 2020 it's got anthony hopkins in uh in it and I'm excited. I haven't seen it to be honest. He was in, um, what he was in the two popes. Yes. He was in the two popes. I got this confused with that one because it's called the father and the two popes came out the year before I think. And I thought, I thought it was, a, I thought we were going for a trilogy that didn't need to happen. Um, <laughs> but it's supposed to be very good. It's supposed to be like a drama, like emotional capital piece. D drama. Yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman, who is just in Puss and Boots, is in it, and a couple other people. I, I'm going into this freaking blind. So I'm just yeah. kind of trusting IMDB and the ratings of the of the people to guide me towards something
0: good. And this is an open month. We're not doing any themes with this. So for this month, Alex and I, we both picked two movies. We didn't really talk about what we we're choosing. And so the, the point of this month is to kind of be a palate cleanser before we move into the next big theme. So if none of these movies seem connected, it's because they aren't.
1: Yeah. How uh, observant of you to notice that there's no connection, <laughs> audience. Um, But yeah, man, that's pretty much all I got.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Deuces.